Well, that's a microphone. Morning, everyone. I'm glad you are here. If you're online, thanks for being here. It's not Pastor Gerald. It's, it's Mark. Um, so most of you know me. If you don't, here's a short introduction. Uh, I grew up in Lacrosse. Not uh, yeah, Lacrosse. That's a good place. Yeah. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, two hours south. Um, grew up with seven other siblings. Kind of a rambunctious house, mainly because of me. I am I am the most obnoxious of them all. I would complain. Uh, with loving parents, love my mom, I love my dad, and uh, my testimony, just real quick, real short, uh, I felt abandoned when I was younger. I had my sister who was involved in the church. She was a pillar in my life, pillar of faith, and she completely left the church. So someone who I was looking up to and then leaving, that hurt. When my best friend who I knew for like four years. He was always at my house. We did a lot of dumb things together. And he gave me two days notice. He's moving to Milwaukee. And when you grow up in a family that doesn't have the funds to just go and visit a four-hour drive, you just kind of accept, well, I guess my friendship is gone. And then also my pastor around the same time of who I was friends with, his son, they were also up and moving, and it kind of created this idea of abandonment in my life. And I'm thankful that I had someone there. Uh, at, it was at Assembly Park Bible Camp, actually. Someone was there, my youth leader, Kale, which I'm very thankful. He helped me walk through this idea, and then from then, God kind of took that abandonment and healed it. And from there, I was like, well, God, if you can do this with my life, if you can take this and make something out of it. Well, I'm giving you my entire life. Okay, you've given me purpose. You've given me reason. I'm excited for that. And eventually, I started to cultivate that relationship. I didn't just say, okay, God, I'm yours. I started to do something. You have to do something. You can't just not do something with it. So I started going to youth group, started going to youth convention, Bible camp, anything that the church offers. And not just as a, as a teenager, I would go to men's Bible studies. Okay, if you're a teenager in here and you hear a group that's going on, you can go to that. It don't, age isn't going to matter if you're, if you, just go to it. Okay, you know, I went to the Bible studies. I went to men's groups. I did whatever it is that the church had to offer. I was there because I wanted to cultivate a relationship with Christ. And because of that, eventually I, I graduate high school. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave youth group. So I started working with the youth students because I was like, this is what I love. This is what I enjoy. I I relate somehow. I don't know why. Um, so fast forward, I moved to Menominee, met my beautiful wife, and now I'm here. And I'll work with the youth students here. I'm glad. I love it. Uh, to transition into my message today, you got to know I was not excited to move. Now, it was an easy decision for me to make. I said, yes, I'm getting married. Yes, I'm going to cling to my wife. But it was a hard follow-through. It was very hard. It was very difficult because I was leaving my family. I was leaving my friends. And there was a lot of mixed emotions that none of us really understood. We're, we, we grew up together. Like, we're never moving away. Why would we do that? And then I move away. And I'm like, it was hard on me. I knew it was hard on the family. But I knew, like, that's what God was calling me to. God was opening up a door in Menominee. He opened up a door for me to be married. Opened up a door for me to have a job of which... I was super blessed, super blessed. I did not, I'm thinking $10 an hour is the only thing I'm ever going to get. And then God, like, blessed me hardcore to be able to provide for my family. 
And then also, bless me with a church. My favorite part is that you guys, you guys are family. I love family, and I love my church. I love every one of you. My favorite is that you guys are like, oh, it's Mark, Markia's husband. First time you guys got to really know me was we were at a, what was it, a church picnic, and I come out of the bathroom stall with a referee shirt, a blowhorn, and a volleyball, and I'm like, who's ready to play? And you guys are like, oh, that's Mark. And Mark, is like, yes, yes, this, this is my husband. This is why. This is why. So family, I love family. And God has opened up doors here in Menominee. And lately, you guys have probably been seeing me more and more because I've been doing announcements. For the last two months, Pastor has opened up a door, which I'm very thankful for. And he's been pouring into me for the last five years as I've been a member here. He's been pouring into me. And he's opened up those doors. I've been able to speak, doing announcements. I'm right here cultivating something I'm not necessarily used to. I'm up here, okay? And I'm, I'm excited to work under him, and I'm excited to work beside him. And most recently, he's definitely given me this opportunity to speak to you this morning. I'm really excited about that. Now, I want you to be clear, I'm not going to invite like Jenny to come up here, take her sock, and drink soda through it, okay? I do, <laughs> I work with youth students, but I'm not going to do that. I know my audience, that's not going to happen. But I also got to be clear, you know, like, if you're getting your driver's license, and you have that driver's test, you're like all prepared and all ready, well, that's kind of what this is, and it's me, my driver instructor, in a hundred passenger van. It's going to, it may get a little bumpy, but we're going to, we're going to parallel park it. Okay, we're going to do this. Um, if you've been following along with us, we have been in this series, the Prove It series. And I'm not a math nerd. I don't have a joke. I'm sorry. If you were waiting for one, you're not going to get it. Just don't do that. Okay? I just kind of off the cuff type deal. However, I do like, I don't like science, but I like truth. I like science in the sense that I like empirical data. I like something to stand on. So I thought... Why not title today's message and call it Testing by Various Means? Nope. Testing. There it is. There it is. I got the clicker. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> testing by Various Means. And by the end of service, I hope that I can convince you to go through some of those doors that God has opened in your life. I hope that I can convince you to give you that courage and that boldness to go through some of those doors that God has opened in your life. With that being said, I would like to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. We're in 1 John 3, 11 through 19 of NLT. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We love our brothers and sisters who are believers. It proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? 
dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray right now that you would open our hearts. You would open our hearts to your word and your knowledge, your truth. That it would be your word speaking through me. It would be your spirit speaking over this people. Lord, I thank you so much, and I just pray that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, amen. All right, as you're sitting down, wave to each other. If you're online, do one of those crazy cool emojis. Emojis, yeah. Got to get all the nerves out, you guys. Got to get them all out. It's like I'm in my kitchen right now, okay? I got to talk kitchen talk. Um, now, I'd like to remind everyone that we are kind of going through, I'm getting this idea of testing by various means because of the scientific method. And if you're familiar with the scientific method, there's a method to it, hence method. Um, uh, there's steps, there's orders, and the first thing is we observe. We're going to observe in our, in our passage, what do we find in this text? Well, it says that this message from the very beginning is to love one another. Here we have it. That's our subject matter for today. If you go home, if someone asks, what was church about? Love one another. Just, just remember that. Love one another. Okay, that's what I want you to hold on to. So, loving one another. After we, ob like, we observe this, we're going to research. That's our next step in this method. we got to research this. And as we research, as we look through God's word, we find that loving one another is extraordinary. Now, extraordinary doesn't mean what you think it means. Or at least if you or me in that chair doesn't mean what you think it means. Because I always just thought, Oh, you got extraordinary, a sticker on your homework. It meant good job. Extraordinary eggs this morning, Mark. Thank you. My wife would probably say that. No, she would. She would. I meant like I don't make extraordinary eggs. They're not. They're, well, you can't screw them up. Um, extraordinary, it, it's not something that's good or bad. It doesn't have that connotation. Extraordinary means different. It means not normal. It's it's remarkable and it it's not what you think it is it's different from the ordinary being extraordinary within uh this passage we can see that loving one another isn't normal loving one another doesn't come easily it's not the our default if you're here and you're new this morning i'm going to use one of these church words it's called sin okay and sin is what is we have this normal sinful nature. That sinful nature is, is really sin in the Greek means to miss the mark. If you're shooting an arrow at a target, you're trying to hit that target. Well, God has a target. It's, it's a standard that we're supposed to meet. And when we miss that standard, it's called missing the mark. And that's, that's that sinful nature. Anything that you've done that is wrong. And it's not in, wrong in our eyes wrong in God's eyes. I want to make it clear. It's not human standards. It's God's standards. So we know what normal is. We can know. A quick example, a couple weeks ago, I went to the doctor. Yeah, it's been a long time. Found out I needed a tetanus shot. You don't need a tetanus shot for every, until like after 10 years. Yeah, it was 95 I looked at this thing. It's been a while since I've been to the doctor, but as the doctor is like 
looking over and checking things out, uh, she starts to look at my hands and was like, what are your nails? What, are you biting your nails? What are you doing? And I'm like, um, you're not a nail doctor. Let me see your hands, okay? Like I was just like snarky. And she's like, go right ahead. Look at my nails. This is normal. I don't bite them. I was like, fine, fine. You win. You win. Okay, you, can, you can know what normal is. Your friends are going to ridicule you if you're not saying normal things. If you're saying egg, it's ag or something. I don't know. Talk to someone else. I had a conversation this morning. Or if you're saying tootsie roll, it's not tootsie roll. It's tootsie roll, I guess. I was found out, okay? You know what normal is. Your friends are going to explain that. They're going to let you know what normal is. Amen, amen, right? Yeah. Um, so we also know that in verse 12, John tells us what this idea of normal is and isn't. He brings up this idea of, about Cain and his normal sinful nature. 1 John 3.12 says, We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and, came and, and killed his brother. Why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Cain didn't just do something wrong and then was like, oh, my default nature is to go kill someone. Okay? Cain did something wrong. He presented an offering that was not really accepted by God. And then Abel did what was right. It wasn't just Cain did something wrong and it was like, oh, where's my brother? I'm going to go kill him. No. Cain did something wrong and then Abel did something that was right. He did something that was righteous. And it says... Like, if Abel was killed for doing what was right, we can expect this same reaction. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get killed, okay? I'm not going to say that you're going to get killed for loving others. Be, let me be clear. But in 1 John 13, uh, 3.13, it says, So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. If they killed Jesus. And Jesus loved. He loved one another, uh, others. Don't be surprised. We can expect a reaction from the world. We can expect a reaction from the world when we begin to love others. It's just, it's going to happen. We can expect that reaction. And some people will begin to hate you. It's happened in my life. I know it's happened in others. When you begin to love others, you will get a reaction from people, so don't be surprised. That is what John is telling us. Now, I don't want to leave you on a low note right there, but I, I, I want to give you some encouragement. Some people don't want to kill you right away or hate you. Some people are very flabbergasted and they don't know what to do. You can get a grateful and very surprised reaction. Just a couple weeks ago, I got to go uh, out to eat with the missionaries that we had. Two weeks ago, we had some missionaries here. We went to lunch. And pastor asked the, the server and was like, hey, we're going to pray for our meal. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? And then the server was like, no, you can't. Bam. No, that's not what happened, okay? She didn't get, like, really angry about it, okay? She, that wasn't the, the reaction. The reaction that we got was very heartfelt. The reaction was, why, yes, my grandma is going through cancer right now, and I would love some prayer. I got to pray for her and her grandma. And towards the end of the uh, towards towards the end of our lunch, you know, she she was even saying things like, "I promise not to cry. I promise not to cry." 
because this is the reaction we can get when we love others. It's extraordinary. It is different. Now, now that we've done some research over our subject of loving others, we've got to create some type of a hypothesis or a theory. What do we think is going to happen? And when we read on, we can see that loving one another is evidence. Loving one another is evidence. Evidence is that body of facts that you need, that information that will prove your point to your spouse if you're married. <laughs> okay, you know, you're like, no, I got this. This happened. And then they're like, no, you got chocolate on your face. You did eat the cake. Darn it. I'm sorry. You found it. Okay, it, it leads to a truth. It can either support your case or even prove your innocence. That is what this evidence does. It is a body of facts, and it's a truth that we can stand on. Lately, I've been trying really hard to get our youth group to memorize scripture. It is not easy, okay? It is not, not always easy. Over the last two years, we've been just, what do we got to do? First thing, like, over time, we found out that incentive works. First, we did a pizza party. Now, I don't know. Apparently, I'm dyeing my hair pink if seven of them memorize all five verses. And I think I'm getting pink hair. Pastor, maybe you need to get blue hair. I don't know. Okay, how are we going to get people to memorize scripture? Uh, giving them an incentive. Also, leading by example. I'm not going to tell my students to do something that I'm not going to do myself. So I've been making sure I am on point memorizing scripture, and I'm not going to let them, like, go halvesies on it. I'm like, no, you do the full thing. If I'm getting my pink hair. You're every word. I'm not about to get pink hair for nothing. So, yeah, a little strict. Also, the, the other thing that we've been doing is making sure that there's time in youth group to actually memorize scripture. Apparently, that's what they need. So a mixture of all those things, we have found evidence of people, our students, memorizing scripture. I've had one kid who, who, like, they don't have to have it memorized until June 4th. And he's like, I got four of them done. And I'm like, you got it. You keep doing it. You got that fifth one right on the tip of your tongue. You got it. So I'm like excited because them memorizing scripture is evidence. And we can, what is loving others evidence of? Well, we can see in the scripture, 1 John 3.14. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Key word right there is past. And the tense of this verb being past indicates something experienced in the past has continuing and abiding results in the present. John is saying that Christians who have experienced Christ's salvation in the past should demonstrate their salvation by loving in the present. Church, we need to love others. This is evidence that we have passed from death to life. This is evidence. Verse 17 says, If someone has enough money to live well, sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? I think John is trying to narrow, like, explain something here. That if we have Christ, we're going to show this evidence of fruit. We're going to show this evidence that we love others. But I think he's also showing us that 
if we see someone in need and do nothing, how can God's love be in that person? How can God's love be in us? If we don't have evidence of loving others in our lives, if we are not willing to lay down our comforts, if we are not willing to lay down our securities, if we are not even willing to lay down even up to and including our lives and going onto the mission field to love others, then we have to accept that maybe we have not passed from death to life. I know that is hard to hear. That is very hard to hear. And I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm not here to do that. But I am here, hopefully, to be a mouthpiece for the Holy Spirit to convict. Not about condemnation, but about conviction. Conviction is wonderful news, you guys. Conviction means it's going to... It's, it's going to speak to you so that you would not do those things anymore and turn away. You're going to turn away from the wrong things and convicted to do the right things. That is conviction. I'm praying conviction into your life today. You may say that you have accepted Jesus in the past. But I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Just because you say you've accepted Jesus does not mean you have passed from death to life. And I got proof. It's in Romans 10, 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think we like to confess with our mouth a lot. I think we've, we've said it in our hearts. I believe that. I believe most of you. I believe even online. I, I think we've created a culture where we, we confess with our mouth. But to believe is something different. To believe, it's putting your trust into it. It's putting your faith and your hope. You're reacting to what you believe in. And if you believe Jesus rose from the dead, you're going to be changed. You're going to be different. I say this to, to my students all the time. God didn't come to make bad people good. God came to make dead people live. God came to make dead people live. Dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. We need to live this out. We need to go and prove it. Living it out by our actions. Now, I know that's kind of heavy. I know it's kind of tough, but let me bring it back a bit. If you go to the doctor and you, you know you have cancer, you don't want that doctor saying, oh, no, it's just a cold. As hard as it is, you want to know the truth. You need to know the truth. And I, I'm, I'm praying right now that if I've said anything to hurt you or offend you, I do apologize, but I do need you to know the truth. I won't apologize or back down from God's word. I want you to know who Christ is. I want you to be set free from whatever it is. And that truth sets you free. God came to make dead people live. We need to pass from dead, death to life. What am I add on that? Sweet. Pete's great. You guys, Pete's great. Um, now to test our theory, okay, we've moved on from this observation. We've moved on from uh, our theory. Now we need to test it by various means. But thankfully, God has already done that. Thankfully, our God has already done that. Thankfully, loving one another is exemplified. 
I'm going to let you guys, you guys got it? Does it work? It's exemplified. There it is. Loving one another is exemplified. And to show or illustrate this example, you guys, I was very nervous coming up here. I haven't spoken in front of a church congregation in five plus years. I got to speak at my old church maybe two or three times, and I was blessed by able to, being able to do that. But I was very nervous coming up here. Over the last month, I've been like, that's coming. It's coming. It's, it's not easy to deliver a message in front of people. I know you guys think, like, are you kidding, Mark? You're the perfect person. No, I like being off the cuff. I like interrupting. I don't like, oh, the attention was already on me. Like, ah, not my, not my cup of tea. But I'll, I'll do it. God's calling me to do that. And I'm sure after this, I'm going to get some feedback. I, you guys are wonderful people. I know you guys are going to be like, you did a great job, Mark. And I'll be like, thanks, guys. That's wonderful. Even online. But I had someone, thankfully, to illustrate this idea on how to preach a message. Where have you guys seen a very uh, interesting title? Where have you guys seen three main points that all have the same similarities? Where have you guys seen plenty of real-life examples? I am glad Pastor has been up here uh, week after week to show me, for me to even uh, understand and react and realize how he is speaking to the people. This is how I get to communicate to you. I had someone go before me and teach me how to do this. He exemplified how to preach. He, uh, even before he asked me to be able to speak before you all, I was already studying this thing called harmeneutics, which is called, this is a fancy word for the art of preaching. I was already doing that. And after watching Pastor, studying the way that he engages, and most importantly, observing how he communicates God's word to this church, I wasn't so afraid to engage with the church, with you this morning, and speak. I was and am able to stand up here by learning by example, learning by seeing and doing. A great theologian, I, the, oh, I put him in wrong, there it is. A great theologian by the name of Kevin Burgess penned these words, and maybe you guys can relate. I'm going somewhere with this. All night I couldn't sleep, thinking about all the joy that I couldn't all these holes in my heart, it just seems. I've been pierced more times than I can speak. I got another hole from a friend last week. Lord, Lord, why so many holes in me? Then I saw the hands that were holding me. and He said, I know you. Son, I got holes too. Sometimes when we decide to go out and live this truth, sometimes when we decide to go out and love others, it can be scary. It can be very nervous nerve-wrecking, and sometimes you guys can get hurt in the process. Even by the people that you love most, even by your own family and friends, you guys can maybe get hurt in the process. It can leave us scarred, and it can leave us damaged. We can get into this mindset of, God, you don't know what it's like. But Jesus isn't someone who's distant. Jesus isn't someone who we can't relate to. Everything we've experienced or ever will experience, he knows firsthand. And this is exactly what Kevin is pointing out. And this is exactly what John points out. John 3.16, uh, 3, we know what real love is 
because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Loving one another has been exemplified through Christ. When he extended mercy to the prostitute, when he showed compassion to the 5,000, when he wept with Martha over Lazarus, over her dead brother who she thought she's lost, when he healed the demon-possessed man, and when he forgave his closest friends for abandoning him, his closest friends, and he forgave them, and when he ultimately died as the innocent in place of the guilty, this is the same God who is walking with you every step. Loving one another is exemplified through Christ. We can walk through those same footprints. We can walk through those same steps that he has shown us. And I want to encourage you to go and do that. Worship team, if you want to come up here. As I end this message this morning, I really want to encourage you. Uh, I'm always a big fan of homework. I work with the youth. I'm always giving them homework. And I've always been encouraged by knowing that pastor believes in that as well. So, firstly, every one way that the church can love others is giving away free pie. So if you haven't yet, text 715-953-4060, and we're giving away a free pie. I think that is a great way, even though it's, it's kind of weird, it's kind of different. Guess what? We're trying to show that we love others. So we're trying to give away pie. I think that's a great idea. Also, uh, our homework. There we go. Got it. I also want to encourage you guys to the rest of the homework that Pastor has been giving us. Reading First John. Just read it. If you're on the way to work, get that Bible app out. Press play on it. You, it's it's easy. It's easy to do. Just or if, if even if you're not driving to work, you know if you're at home every morning, read First John. Get the word inside of you. Memorize scripture, 1 John 3, 16 through 19. For we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Memorize God's word. I am firmly believing in that. I really want to encourage, not as a pastor, I'm beside you this morning. This morning, I, get, I, I want you to know I'm a member with you, and I'm going with you, and I want to encourage everyone in here and online, memorize God's word. Psalm 119.11 says, For I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I very much believe in memorizing scripture, and I want to encourage you to do this. As we, as with that, you know, I want, it, I want you guys to develop your relationship with Jesus through prayer. Pray to God every day. Uh, prove your salvation by applying what you learned this morning. Apply it to your life. If the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and you found out, you're supposed to say Tootsie and not Tootsie? Do that, okay? Whatever it is that God has spoken to you this morning, apply that to your life. I hope that I've communicated a message of love, but apply whatever it is God is speaking to you in your life. And lastly, my piece of homework that I want to give you, not, not from up there, but the, the, the thing that I want you guys to go, the action that I want you to take away this morning, get involved. A tangible way to love others is by getting involved some way at church. 
what better way than finding something that you love to do? Over the course of the years, I didn't ask pastor to get to, if I could get together with college students and play board games and video games. I just did it because it's something I love. I'm a people person. I like to hang out. I'm like, board game, yes, let's do it. Um, a couple years ago, Pete was doing uh, frolfing on Sunday afternoons. Um, when I was younger, I grew up, and my church, they did Tuesday nights in the spring and the summer. We played ultimate Frisbee. We prayed before we played, and we invited whoever was there. That, that created an impact in my life. Do something, whatever it is that you love to do. Maybe you feel like the church needs a men's Bible study. You, you know what? You're right. It does. Okay? Start a men's Bible study. Whatever it is God's putting on your heart, a woman's Bible study. If you like to bake goods, go have a baking party. I don't care. Whatever it is you like to do, go bake some goods. Come here on a Saturday night. I'm sure there's lots of people outside who would love those baked goods. And you can pray for them when you're done. <laughs> I'm, I, we've done this. And it's a wonderful thing. They, they accept prayer. I'm being honest. Okay, we've been able to give out baked goods and pray for people. If you don't feel comfortable starting a group, okay, if you're shy, if you're not like me, if you're the opposite, if you're the one sitting in the pew right now, and you're like, I'm not getting up and speaking. If you can't do that, guess what? In a, in a next, not this Monday, next Monday, come to the Truth Project. If you can't, if you don't feel like you have the boldness and courage to ask people to come and join you for whatever it is, come to the Truth Project in a, in a week. Bob is going to help and speak and share what he knows and share it through this Truth Project and speak to you. Come to that. Be a part of whatever it is that you can cultivate that relationship cultivate whatever it is that God has placed on your heart so you can learn more and love others. And maybe God, you know what? Maybe God's calling you to the worship team. Maybe God's calling you to speak uh, up here. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting, guess what? If you don't know guitar and you're like, God's calling me to the guitar, I don't know about that, okay? I'll, I'll just be honest. God's not calling me to play the guitar right now. He's not. I just don't do that. But I do believe that God is not calling the hand to be the eye. He's not calling the nose to be the ear, just like that Bible illustration, like the church is the body. God is calling the hand to be the hand. And right now, I want to encourage you, whatever it is God is calling you to do, be that thing. This is a very easy way that we can learn to love others. I want to give you some homework. Stay one minute. The homework lasts one minute. Right after service, when they start playing some music and they play a song, Take one minute, take time, talk to God. God, what is it, what door are you showing me right now? What door are you wanting me to go through? What is it that you're trying to show me? And don't, the, the first reaction is just take it and hide it, and like, oh, that was nice, and go. Don't do that. I want you to tell either myself, I'll be here, pastor, or the person you came with, three options. Three options, the person you came with, pastor or myself, what is it that God is calling you to do? And go through that door. Let's begin to love others and prove it. Let's do this by testing it by various means. Let's bow our heads. If you are here this morning, and I really want to make sure I address this issue right now. 
with no one looking around and all eyes closed. Salvation is a very serious thing, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. And if maybe in the past you've accepted Christ, and maybe you're questioning in your heart, maybe you're questioning in yourself, whether you're online, maybe you haven't passed from death to life. I don't want to put you on shaky ground. I do want to reveal the truth you're listening to this message, I here's what you can do. You can pray a prayer in your heart. Pray a prayer something like this. Lord, I'm sorry. I've messed up. I'm broken. And I need your love. Lord, I need that truth in my life. I confess that you are Lord, and I believe that you rose from the dead. And you can have my life. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I need hit that, uh, that salvation prayer request. Someone will be online to speak with you. And if you're here this morning and you've prayed that prayer for the first time, and it's different this time. It's not making bad people good, but dead people live. There's a change. I, I, I can't do anything else but encourage you to come and talk to myself, come and talk to Pastor or whoever you came here with this morning and tell someone about it. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's get your relationship being cultivated with Christ and being taken care of. And growing with the truth, he gives you purpose and he gives you love. And it's the best decision you'll ever make. With that, I just, I want to close. I want to bless you all. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. And I pray that your word would fall on soft ground, soft hearts. Lord, I pray that you would, your spirit would just move in our hearts. I pray that everyone in here would take this call to action seriously. That they would walk through those doors that you are calling them to. And they would show that they belong to the truth. And that they would test this by various means, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would give them boldness and strength and encouragement, knowing that you have gone through the same pain, you have gone through the same everything. Lord, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for family. I pray a blessing on everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.